Welcome. You are listening to We Dig Plants on Heritage Radio Network on the internet. We are broadcasting from two shipping containers at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, 261 Moore Street. And this show is sponsored by Whole Foods Market. I am Alice Marcus Krieg. And I'm Carmen DeVito. And we are Groundworks Inc., a garden design, installation, and maintenance firm located in Brooklyn, New York. And this show aims to bring the culture to horticulture. If you'd like to learn more about us, um, please join our Facebook page, Groundworks Inc., We Dig Plants, or our website, groundworksgardens.com, to learn more about what we do. Today we have a very special guest, Amy Gavaris, urban planner and executive vice president at New York Restoration Project. She's an old friend of ours from our nonprofit gardening days. We go way, way, way back. Way, way. (laughs) Let's not date ourselves too much, but Amy, welcome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's a a pleasure to be here. Right. Um, Let me tell our uh, audience a little bit about Amy. Amy Gavaris has been on the staff at the New York Restoration Project since its founding by Bette Midler in 1995, and she's helped lead the organization from its grassroots origins into one of New York City's leading and most respected environmental nonprofit entities. The organization is dedicated to reclaiming and restoring New York City parks, community gardens, and open space, and is also partnering with the City of New York on Million Trees New York, an initiative to plant and care for one million new trees throughout New York City's five boroughs by 2017. That's an ambitious project. And that's why you see so much tree installation going on. And uh, Amy also manages New York Restoration Project's programmatic planning and design initiatives, open space redevelopment, and major capital projects. Among her key accomplishments, managing the cleanup of a five-acre dump site and overseeing the creation of a new waterfront park on the Harlem River at Swindler Cove Park and Riley Levin Children's Garden. She also helped in the developing of the program and design direction for the Peter J. Sharp Boathouse on the Harlem River and supervising the community design process for New York Restoration Project's 55 community gardens Mm -hmm. and the restoration of an historic building in Fort Tryon Park, now the New York Restoration Project operated New Leaf Restaurant Which is so amazing. I love the food there. So, and in addition to her work with New York Restoration Project, Amy is overseeing several special restoration projects on behalf of founder Bette Midler in post-Katrina New Orleans, chief among them, guiding the design and construction of a new community park in Gentilly, one of the city's most flood-ravaged neighborhoods. So I'm amazed that you had time to come in and (laughs) spend any time with us today. Well, thank you. New York City public horticulture on the road. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us how you you came uh, to be involved with New York Restoration Project. Well, it's interesting that we're here at Roberta's um, at a time when there's um, this incredible convergence between landscape and food and horticulture. Um, it's really how I how I got into the whole landscape field. I was um, I had been in th- film and theater and music. I had a recording studio. I had a retail business. I started gardening on my roof in um, the early 80s. And <laughs> like every New Yorker. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> every good New Yorker. When landlords didn't care. <laughs> when <Yeah>. landlords <laughs> didn't care. So I had a little vegetable and herb garden, and I started having dinner parties out on my roof, and I thought, this is really kind of amazing that yeah. you can actually create out of soil something so marvelous yeah 
Um, and I started taking courses at NYBG and BBG and I live very close to, at the time, I live very, very close to Central Park and I spend many hours there. I do a lot of um, sporting activities, biking and mm -hmm. running and, and soccer and st stuff like that. And I also so began to see in those days, in the 80s, the, the reemergence of Central Park from its, from its darkest Right, darkest days. hours. Right, um, yes. And the value of a, of a con conservancy and what they were able to do in mm -hmm. a... In a um, really reviving that park and making it so so in incredible, and I knew it had incredible and val value to me, um, living near it and and the things I could do there and, and what what it, what I mm -hmm. um, appreciated about it. At the same time, um, I started thinking about a new career, and I ended up going to City College to get my undergraduate degree in landscape architecture and went on for a master's in urban planning at at City College? at City also at okay. City College, um, and then. Through a series of, I worked a few offices, but through a series of, of you know, those circumstances that just ha happen, you're in the right place at the right time. A friend of mine, actually from my softball team, had just met the the man who was the first hired to be the first director of the New York Restoration Project, and um, because I had such a, a quirky background, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but you were you're the right person. I was like, you're a New Yorker. You know, you're interested in these. Right. And I really cared about background. Parks. I understood that there were parts of the city that were not getting the same kinds of resources that the central Central Park was. Exactly. So it was a, the sort of the the right moment. Um, so I I began uh, in 1995 at the New York Restoration Project, and I've been fortunate to be there since. Yeah. So. Like a 15th year. Wow. Right. Well, what inspired Bette Midler to take on, to start this in the first place, to take on this initiative? Um, she grew up in Hawaii. Um, most people might not be aware of that. And um, had been living on the West Coast and moved back to New York in 1994 and was completely horrified at the condition of public space in New York City um, along our highways, our parks, our gardens, and particularly in, in, in areas that weren't getting the same kind of attention yeah. um, that Manhattan sites were getting, like when Central Park and Bryant Park. When you fly into like the New York airports, <laughs> especially leaving, if, if you've ever been to the Hawaiian airport, which is like <laughs> the most gorgeous place on earth as far even as the airport it's gorgeous it's, uh, it smells so sweet and then like you know you think like, oh i'm flying into new york it's such a great city and then oh my god it's like put the brakes on it's the ugliest <laughs> reality check. yeah right yeah exactly so so she did she she decided to do something about it herself and um and started we started with, there were about half a dozen of us. We had a little field office up in northern Manhattan, and um, we just started we just started cleaning up. Um, no one <laughs> we weren't invited. Um, <laughs> did you need permission? I mean, did you or well, was it sort of a little looser then? It was a little looser then. Um, but wasn't that what green gorillas were doing too? They were doing that around gardens more right. specifically. We were really tackling the, the big parks in northern Manhattan, like okay. Fort Washington. Um, Fort Tryon, High Bridge. And they um, were more involved with the community gardens kind of on the Lower East Side. Right. At right. that time we had no we had no connection to, to gardens. That was right. to come in a few years. Right. Um, we're gonna talk about that because <laughs> that was a fun night in New York. That was an amazing, amazing time. Um so um so she 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 really wanted to be able to make a difference and, and, and funded it and then has has been able to, you know, use her her network of, of of people and influence um, to, and she's incredibly 
invested in in the or, in, emotionally right. cycle it, it really means a lot to her um to and to see how how much we've grown over the last 15 years but at that point we were you know just just trying to deal with w- one park and right. um, right. kind of get a, a handle on it so so it's hard to have a conversation about new york city parks and community kind of open spaces and not talk about Giuliani. That's and right. The Giuliani era. <laughs> right. So tell us, because you have more experience, um, because you were there kind of on that policy night, um, what, what was the Giuliani policy kind of of open space issue? And also, um, how, how did, tell us how you guys, NERP, New York Restoration, kind of came to acquire all of those properties that were up on, like, the auction block. Right. Um, th- th- it was clear that they, the city never really wanted to own these gardens, um, and but but Giuliani did it in, in, on a whole different scale. He, he n- announced an auction of 114 community gardens in 1999, and it got everyone really activated. Yeah. Most, espe- yeah. well, not most especially, but from, from our perspective, Bet called um she was in a panic and she said i want you to, to do whatever you need to do to help save these gardens and right so so it was like nerp and trust, trust for, for public land, land green gorillas right green thumb lots of foundations the horticultural society of it, new york where right. i yes. was working at that time and right. i'll never forget the night it was the green gorillas um big like Benef- membership ben- night or, or benefit, benefit night. night and i'm sorry we have to have a okay. break but when we come back, let's talk about that because that was a really fun night. Sure. So, Great. Um, We're yeah. going to take a short break and we'll talk more with Amy when we come back. Welcome back to um, We Dig Plants on Heritage Radio Network. We're here with our friend Amy Gavaris from New York Restoration Project. And we were just talking about this uh, really fun night in um, 1999 when we were at the Green Gorillas, um, which is a community garden organization. We were at their benefit night. And Bette Midler um, of New York Restoration um, kind of came to the... Rescue? Salvation of these gardens. So um, I just remember when the announcement was made kind of at the 10th hour um, at, at that benefit, all those, all those parcels of land were going up. Giuliani was just going to put them to open bid. And, you know, and Amy, talk more about that because that was awesome. Well, it was, a, it was a real collaborative effort with all those groups, um, Trust for Public Land being kind of the lead negotiating entity in this um, consortium of, of Really passionate and concerned people. Um, Bet had had a lot to do with bringing um, significant funding to it. Um, what we were developing a strategy for the the actual auction. If we weren't able to negotiate with the city to stop the auction, we wanted to at least have a strategy if we had to go to the auction. Right. Um, and that strategy involved um, from TPL's um, assessment that. There were 63 gardens, given the, the amount of money that, that had been raised, that, mm-hmm. that they could that they could acquire. That happened 
two days before the actual auction. Right. Um, but that left 51 gardens on the list. Vulnerable. And right. Vulnerable. And Bet, when she heard about that, she said, we can't let any of these gardens go. In fact, the 51 that are left on the list were the ones that were kind of marginal. Yeah. The ones where chickens were kind of walking around. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Piles of tiles. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Just the like definition of a garden was loosely defined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And communities yeah. kind of made, made them what they were. And right. that was a beautiful thing. But, you know. Well, but land was cheaper. Right. Land was cheaper. But uh, what this list was such a, it wasn't, a, none of the inventory has been really well documented. And so there were places, on sites on this list that really weren't even ever gardens. Or right. Or if they had been gardens, they had, no one had been gardening on them for, right. for they years. Were so they were filled with trash or people's right. stuff that they didn't Debris know where else to put. Right. So... Um, so we negotiated directly with the city to, to take on the, the additional 51 and formed a land trust. And suddenly we were in the garden, <laughs> in the community garden. <laughs> right. and, and people organization, really. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, very, very, very different. How should space be used? And, and let's work together with the needs of each community to assess what they want out of each parcel. And yeah, I knew that I, I was part of um, a community garden at that time when I was living on the Lower East Side, La Plaza Culturale. Yeah. And I knew that times had changed when I saw a tank um, with the New York City <laughs> Police Department logo rolling down my street. Yeah. I knew that times had changed. Yeah. I really felt that. Yeah. yeah it was an amazing, it was an amazing turning point. Um, so, um, well, I can talk more about uh, what we've done since then. Yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so we we suddenly had these properties that we owned and now we had to sort of figure out not now what now what do we do <laughs> right 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 um this is a whole other enter- really a whole other endeavor uh so we um we we've really developed an, a program where we we do work it's a community design program where um we we're able to bring funders to to gardens mm-hmm. we're able to bring um designers who are appropriate kind of a good a good fit mm-hmm for the community and for the funder, then hold a series of meetings with the community to talk about ideas, look at other I look at other places to give people kind of inspiration for what, what could happen in their garden or mm-hmm. what do they like about their garden, what do they what do they want to do there because there's a range of things that can happen in the in these right. places. Some of them are for food, some of them are just for like hanging out kind of space. Right. So, um, so the community really directs uh, what happens. Very central to the process. But they also have they also know that now that it's protected and they're not they'll invest because they know that they're not going to lose it on a whim. Right. It's not a year to year lease with the city. Right. It's forever. It's, it's right. In, in perpetuity, they're they're preserved as open space um, in perpetuity. So. Right. And do you guys help with ongoing fundraising? For these gardens? Well, you know, what What we did that was a little different than TPL. TPL's plan was to was to transfer ownership to local land trusts, mm-hmm. um, which I think works in, in certain circumstances. We felt in the neighborhoods where we were working that we really needed to provide that kind of financial stability and, and maintain them in our land trust so that gardeners or, or residents, however people wanted to participate in the garden, wasn't encumbered by having to think about lawsuits when right, right. there's a crack in the sidewalk. or yeah. right. So there's, we're always going to be able to provide, we provide regular maintenance and we provide horticultural services mm-hmm. and we provide programming and help people do, f- if there's fundraising, if they want to do a fundraiser or right. birthday parties or 
festivals right. or all kinds of things. So how many people work at your organization? We are now with our restaurant, if we had in the restaurant folks, right. and we run an AmeriCorps program, which uh-huh. we've done since the very beginning, we're probably around uh, 100 people. Mm-hmm. I um, see your little trucks <laughs> all over. That's <laughs> amazing. I know, yeah. I know. We're really kind of everywhere. That's Tell good. us more about the restaurant. That's a very kind of unique initiative. Um, it, it's a restaurant. It's a building in the park where we started our, our operations, Fort Tryon Park, where the museum, um, the Cloisters Museum is. A very beautiful park that had um, kind of this this fractured up above where the cloisters is, mm-hmm. um, pretty well maintained. But as you move down into the lower edges of the park, it it was it was a troubled place. Mm-hmm. And so um, we saw this restaurant, which it's it's part of the original park um, from the 30s, designed by the sons of Olmsted. Mm-hmm. It had always been a parks administration building and a and a food concession or a cafeteria, but it hadn't ever really been managed particularly well. Mm-hmm. And and there's also there was also at the time a big discussion about about parks not getting the revenue from the concessions that exist within those parks. So there was a it was a way to to begin to demonstrate the value of of well-run concessions and the parkland that surrounds them and that there really ought to be a relationship a partnership um, a partnership right. and the and the revenue that's generated from it should be dedicated to some extent to to parks i mean that this is a you mean you're saying that 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 concessions didn't get still did, still, still don't, don't? The, all the all the revenue from new york city parks concessions goes to the general budget um, really, it doesn't go to that specific park. It does not go to the even or or to the parks department. It's I, I didn't know. Oh, that. It goes to the general general, city. general operating for the city oh, to just that be used up in management. <laughs> right, that includes stadiums, that the revenue that, that they collect from stadiums and yeah, um, marinas, etc. Yeah. So, and so it was also a way to um, to be a more public a public uh, venue for us because. We were really started as a conservancy. Beck called us the Conservancy of Forgotten Places, right. um, and that was a beautiful poetic thing. So, really quickly, then you're talking about conservancy. Um, what's the difference between Central Park Conservancy and your kind of conservancy term? Um, well, like I said, she she really thought of us as the Conservancy of Forgotten Places, and that we were going to be kind of this Robin Hood organization that would bring resources from wealthier places right. to neighborhoods that didn't have the same kinds of you okay. know, real estate or, or commercial or, or um, corporate right. support. Versus Central Park, which the is... The jewel in the crown. Which I mean, is Central really Park is... Right. And it's yeah. also very, very place-based. Specific, yeah, exactly. Are, especially with our gardens now, we're really citywide and we're really... Um, and, and for one of our parks where we're really identified and have a management contract, we're really not identified with one particular geographic place. Well, I think we have to take another break, and then we'll come back and speak some more with Amy Gavaris from New York Restoration. And the check when it arrived We went Dutch, Dutch, Dutch Dutch, a redder shade of neck On a wider shade of trash And this emery board Is giving me a rash I'm flat out You're so
Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. Today we're speaking with our special guest, Amy Gavaris, Executive Vice President for New York Restoration Project. We're talking about transforming public spaces. And when we left off, we were comparing um, the Central Park Conservancy with New York Restoration Project. And I wanted to ask you, Amy, what are some of the hidden gems in the other parks that uh, New York Restoration Project has helped to rehabilitate? Um, I would, I would um, say our, our highest accomplishment um, and, and, a, and a hidden gem is the park called Swindler Cove Park. It's at, in northern Manhattan at the top of the Harlem River Drive on the, at the east end of Dykeman Street, right, right below uh, PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, we started working there. It was, um, we, we sort of stumbled across it. It was um, kind of a, a dump um, right on the right on the shores of the Harlem River, right behind this public school. This whole edge, really, people. It's better known as Sherman Creek. Um, and we started we started working there, working with kids to actually um, put a, put a, a school garden in, mm-hmm. and um, then discovered that that there was money to do a wetland restoration and started working with the state to to really expand on the idea of of what this could be and create an outdoor environmental center and it's just an incredible when we take people there their 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 jaws drop they can't believe one that they're still in Manhattan yeah and two that they've never that they've never heard of it um, yeah. it's really worth a trip up there it's it's a, we we staff it we have a management contract with the city to manage mm. so we're like a mini conservancy up there mm-hmm. okay. and we've continued to expand the area around it this was historically the, the center of rowing in New York City right and we say w- with some confidence, although disputed by Philadelphians and Bostonians, <laughs> <laughs> that it was really the center. It was really the center of crew uh, uh, and the birthplace of rowing in the United States. Right, um, and it's where the boathouse is. And uh, what does what does Harvard have on us? <laughs> <laughs> we're New Yorkers, exactly. <laughs> so, as you were uncovering there, what were some of the challenges uh, in dealing with public space like that and in trying to improve it? It it took, it took. We started it. We, our first cleanup was in 1996, and we opened the park in 2003. Um, so it took seven seven years um, uh-huh. to complete it, um, because there were so many agencies involved. It involved New York State Department of Transportation, Park City Parks Department, State Parks was involved, and and. Department of Environmental Conservation. So there were, there were just a lot of bureaucratic issues to to work through, and then raising money for the boathouse. But um, right, what was the funkiest thing you guys have ever unearthed? <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on, a little archaeology. It was some pretty gruesome stuff. You don't. You mean gruesome? And no, no. Just I mean, well, you <laughs> you determine what <laughs> what you want to share. Um, Jimmy Hoffa, you never found. <laughs> we found, we found, we have found some. Really? Some, oh yes. Wow. Some CSI. Yeah. Kind of. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, some. I bet the volunteers were happy to be. <laughs> that, <day. laughs> that was a good day to volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are in pretty pretty isolated areas of, of parkland where um, our crews have, have right. come across. Um, right. The ubiquitous tire, of course. Right. The right. old uh, license plate. Right. There was actually the first the first time we went to Swindler Cove. Um, and this is one of Bet's favorite pictures. There's a picture of a of a chair at the top of a tree, oh. um, or you'll see strollers, or right. you know, it's just it's people just dumped anything, everything, everything, yeah. anything and everything. Um, yeah, I wish there was something 
humorous I could, I could right. point to. <laughs> well, I think we get a good laugh. <laughs> so. um, more questions. We have so many. Um, does Bet get dirty? Oh, that's the question. <laughs> wow. Beautiful Bet. She, she, well, the whole inspiration, you know, her Hawaiian background and coming back and seeing the city that she really loved so much in such, in such a state of chaos and decrepitude. And it really comes from, she's, a, she's an avid gardener mm-hmm. um, and really knows her stuff and really knows her plants and is really passionate about horticulture um, and gardens and beauty. And that beauty is really an important and to think that mm-hmm. that everybody has a right to live in a beautiful neighborhood and live in a cl- near a clean park. Um, she was really ins- inspired by Eugene Lang, who started the I Have a Dream Foundation, and it was about ensuring that kids would get through. He, he guaranteed. He said, "I would pay for their. I pay. I will pay for your college if you graduate." I think it was a group of fifth graders that he was right. talking to, and she just found that so inspirational. Um, so in a way, we're we're kind of like that. But she really. She it gets her gloves on and gets her overalls on and gets her work boots on. Yeah. Uh, she's she's amazing. Yeah, um, I love when she stands up. Um, you know, when you see her doing the public spots with Bloomberg and right. you know the, yes. the tree initiation. <laughs> right. And right. how many trees have you planted so far? Wow, we're we're in our third year and we've we've planted over three hundred thousand trees, which is astonishing. Bec- yes. Because in in a year, um, if you might know these numbers too. Right. Typically, it's a city. Say the city planted maybe six or seven thousand trees in an entire year. So right. this is two little over two years, and we're almost a third of the a third of the way to the goal of a million trees by right. 2017. And they're mostly in parks, right? As well as street trees? They're everywhere. Yeah. A parks department is managing the planting in parks um, and street trees. And I just walking here, it was great to see along Bogart yeah. Street. There's so many new trees in Bushwick. Right. And yeah. we really focused initially, we're, we're partnering with the city and the initial focus the first year was on six neighborhoods that have low tree canopy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see them in, in Bushwick, East New York, South Bronx, Stapleton. Right. Yeah, so um, East Harlem. Um, so... Um, so we're we're really doing incredibly well. Yeah, so our our responsibility, Parks has got their their responsibility. Our responsibility is to deal with everybody is to try to get everybody else, which includes universities and churches and cemeteries. Oh, I see. And hospitals so those count too. Everything will count. Even residential, like small residential. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> As garden designers, <laughs> I'm glad you Plug, asked plugs. because. <laughs> <laughs> Do our trees count? <laughs> Boy, am I, I'm really glad you asked that question because this year we're really focusing on homeowners because homeowners, and there are many private homeowners in, in Queens and Staten Island and the Bronx um, and Brooklyn, um, where we think there's an opportunity to plant about 300,000 trees if we can reach homeowners and getting these, getting, getting, yeah. providing, we'll even provide trees to Is homeowners. Is that right? Um, and we would love it to make sure that you tell us you you we can report. give you our tree count. We yeah. definitely we want everyone who's planting trees to make sure they get they get those numbers into the Great. into the million million trees NYC website. I wonder how many plant. trees we've planted. We've never counted. We have to count. We should that count. Up. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> and we'll add it to yeah. your list. We'll add it to your list. <laughs> Fabulous. Great. So, so this year we're not the, the government's not just counting people in 2010, right. but we're also counting trees. Tree census. That's, That's right. right. So one last theoretical question for you yes. um, before we have to say goodbye. Um, 
A theoretical question. You've just been given a grant for $50 million. Mm-hmm. How will you spend it? <laughs> Other than like a jet plane to someplace great. Pizza for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> a raise for Amy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a fascinating question. Um, I would finish Swindler Cove. We're doing the last leg of it. There's a one area that's left to, to do, um, which will complete a, a, about n- well, up to about 15 acres there. So it, it's we'd like to see that done in our 15th year. Um, I, I would look to open, maybe open an office in, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. another restoration project office. I think mm-hmm. we've been thinking about how do we bring the message beyond beyond New York, and we're asked all the time, how can how can we do this in, in Other our city? Other cities, yeah. Chicago, Chicago, L.A., Detroit. Right. So you're really a model, because um, if you can do it, in New York City, right. you know, where land is if so much at a premium. Yeah. <laughs> well, the land is at a premium compared to Detroit, you know, where they'll yeah. give you the land. Right. Here you really you were you were fighting you were bidding against developers, right. you know, right. with deep pockets to right. get those community yeah. gardens. Because so. the world needs more parking spaces and condos, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> in some people's minds. <laughs> right. But we say more trees. More Fifty trees. million more. More flowers. More flowers. And more gardens more on top beauty, of restaurants. More and more volunteers. More volunteers. More volunteers. Oh, volunteers. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk. Uh, just tell us briefly how people can work with your organization, how they can help out beyond monetary, of course, uh, contributions and becoming a member. How can they volunteer? Oh, go to our website, www.nyrp.org. There are two ways you can you can sign up to be a volunteer. And we have events going year-round. We have a volunteer corps. Um, all different kinds of opportunities for vol- individual volunteers. And if you work for a company, um, there's also a corporate volunteer program. Um, it's all on our website, all okay. that information, menus, directions to parks, go see some of our gardens, um, Great. Um, call if you have questions. Okay, Amy Guevaras, New York Restoration Project, thank you so much for being with us and shedding some light on open space here in New York, the history and where we're going. And good luck with uh, Katrina uh, New Orleans. Thank you. And all the work that we, we really need you yeah. here Thank in you. New York. Thank you, Alice. Maybe. Thank you, Carmen. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk soon. And you've been listening to uh, We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. We'd like to thank Roberta's Pizza at 261 Moore Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which now has more trees. <laughs> and we'd like to thank our sponsor, um, Whole Foods Market. Today's show was produced by Jack Inslee and engineered by Nat Wiener. Please join us on our Facebook fan page, Groundworks Inc. We Dig Plants. We'd love to get your feedback on our show. And this week, we'll post a link to New York Restorations Project's website so you can find out more about their work and how you can help. Thanks for listening.